What's up, fam? I have a super special podcast interview for you today because this was when I was a guest on the Your Financial Pharmacist podcast, the Pharmacist Innovator Series. So if you've ever thought about making a leap from a full-time or part-time pharmacist to being a full-time entrepreneur, what it really takes behind the scenes, how to prepare, getting your money in a row, and not going broke, you want to listen to this interview. I go deep on all the things, mental, spiritual, physical, all the things that are required to really do that with faith and also with your brain. So make sure that you take a listen to this. If y'all don't know your financial pharmacist, I have been a close friend for over eight years with the leaders in this organization. It's absolutely phenomenal. I have the honor to be on their advisory board for their giving panel of really making lasting impact. These folks are crushing it in terms of impact in pharmacy and beyond. So without further ado, I'm honored to present to you the interview done by Dr. Corey Sanders at Your Financial Pharmacist. Make sure that you subscribe to their podcast channel and look at all the amazing content that they have to offer. Enjoy this. I hope you get tons of value so that you can turn your dreams into reality by living a life worthy of the calling you have received. Enjoy. Today, we've got Dr. Adam Martin with us. Adam, thank you for being here with the YFP community. Happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. So we will start things off pretty easy. Why don't you just introduce yourself to the audience a little bit about where you're from and where you went to pharmacy school? Happy to. So my name is Dr. Adam Martin, known as the Fit Pharmacist. So if you've been on social media for the last 10 years, that's me, Mr. Memes, Mr. Uh, Positivity, Encouragement how to break through all those sorts of things. And pharmacy has been an incredibly tremendous asset for me. It's been a huge, huge opportunity for so many things. And I'm so, so grateful for it. And my journey is a little different because I'm one of those crazy people that actually liked retail. Yes, I worked full-time for 10 years in one of those big three-letter companies. And I actually had fun. I actually loved it. I mean, if you worked there for 10 years, you must like it in some degree, right? So that's kind of where my journey started. And uh, it actually started with rejection. And that's really what my whole brand was about. It was about encouraging people who were not qualified or didn't feel qualified, who had some knocks down. They weren't really set up for success, so to say, to, to really encourage them that your start doesn't mean it's your end, to encourage you that you may not be feeling like you're qualified, but you have all that you need because all you need is within you now that you can be resourceful and actually use what was perceived as a setback as a setup for your success. And that's exactly what the fit pharmacist was all about. It was about encouraging people to use what you felt was your mess to turn it into your message to encourage others to do the same. Because all too often what, what I found and what I've heard a lot of my clients say is that it's, it's, there's a lot of imposter syndrome. There's a lot of, do I even belong here? Who am I? Look at everyone else. I feel behind. What am I doing? Do I have a chance? And using those perceptions of disqualification as the exact reasons to qualify you to make an impact in people's lives. And that's what I started to recognize. The more I got into pharmacy, the more I got involved with social media and a blogging career and writing books and podcasting and speaking, 
all of which are parts of that journey. But the whole point of that was to let you know that you define what your future is. You have the pen. You get to write the story and you get to choose because the quality of your life is really two things. It's meaning and emotion. And you get to choose, is this the beginning or is this the end? So that's really what what ignited me in that path of helping people that had so much talent, so much wisdom to really tap into that and unapologetically own their fire so that they could ignite the spirit in other people to go and do the same. And I think that's what we're really here to do. And, and that's really what is missing from pharmacy for those who are feeling like there's something missing in their career, in their, in their passion, or maybe they feel like they don't have one. It's fulfillment. They may be successful. They may be making a ton of money. They may have the position. They may have all the degrees after their name. Have y'all ever met people that have more letters after their name than in their name? You know, the ones that have more degrees than a thermometer. They have all the success but they feel empty inside because there's that fulfillment. And that's really what it is. Fulfillment, if you look at the word, we are meant to fill others up. And when you're able to do that by being willing to be known for who you truly are, the man or woman of God you were made to be, you can do that fearlessly, unapologetically. And when you do that, you inspire others to do the same. And that's really why I've always done what I've done. Now I just do it on a deeper level as a full-time coach working for Tony Robbins. So long story short, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's so many things that you said that I think we'll touch on throughout the duration of this conversation. I mean, I think we'll dive into imposter syndrome. I think we'll talk about how you defined your life as meaningful throughout different chapters of your career. So let's start with that initial rejection, Adam. When you said your career started from rejection, what did that look like for you? And then how did that transform into what you're doing today? 100%. So back when I knew everything about everything as a (laughs) (laughs) 15-year-old, I wanted to be a vet, a veterinarian, because back in the day, I had the astute wisdom that a vet was playing with puppies and getting paid for it until I got the bright idea to actually work at a vet hospital and see what actually a veterinarian does. And I got what you call an education that that's not what it is. (laughs) And there's a lot more to it. And while it was for good reasons, veterinarians put dogs to sleep almost every day. And again, while it's for good reasons, I just couldn't deal with that. So it wasn't what I thought it was. And that's the first piece of advice that I could give anyone that's looking for a career change is get multiple perspectives from people actually doing what you think you want to do. Because you may have your perception, but perception is not reality, especially when you don't have any experience there. So that was the first thing that I did was I just got experience and where I thought I wanted to go. And it was right around that time I was coming up to graduate high school and my mom went in for a routine colonoscopy. And she had turned 50. I remember it like it was yesterday. And we're filming this on a Wednesday. Ironically, it was a Wednesday. And I remember, I remember it clear as day. Kissed her, good, kissed her goodbye. I went to school. I said, good luck, mom. And I stayed after school in those days. And my dad picked me up after. And he was never late. But he was super late that day. And I knew something wasn't right. I got in the car. And he said, mom failed her test. Now, I didn't know this at the time. But at the point of diagnosis, she was given less than six months to live. Uh, she was, they caught stage four uh, metastatic colorectal cancer that had spread to her liver, limb, all over, all over her body. 
but she didn't re- she didn't accept that. She refused that diagnosis and she used the power of her mind and her faith to move forward through that. And she had multiple surgeries and, and, and long story short, that's what led me to pharmacy because being on so many medications, we were in the pharmacy most days of the week. And at this point in my life, I didn't even know what a pharmacist was. We didn't have any neighbors, no family, friends, nothing. And all I knew being in there picking up meds for my mom is that there's the smart person in a white coat running around like a chicken with their head cut off trying to help strangers. And the more we were there, the more I saw this compassion that they had. They didn't know us. We were strangers to them, but they treated us like we were actually family. How is your mom doing? If you guys can't get to the pharmacy or not that far away, we'd be happy to drop it off. And it was the perfect timing that really caught this because it was a time when I didn't know what I was going to do because I realized that I wasn't going to be paid playing with puppies and I was about to graduate high school. So I had to figure something out. And from that modeling of just interacting with people, that's what I wanted to do. So I had a very strong why that kept getting deeper. And again, mind you, at this time, I didn't even know what a pharmacist did. I just saw this and I said, I want to do that. So again, to the advice of the vet, I started to take my own advice because success leaves clues. So I got some experience to shadow with some pharmacists and I just saw the interaction, the impact that they had with people. And I thought, this is pretty sweet. So I decided I'm going to be a pharmacist. So I did my two years in undergrad, applied to pharmacy school. I was so pumped. I had such a strong why. I actually applied to three pharmacy schools and I got rejected by every single one. And I'll never forget it. I was sitting on my bunk bed in my college dorm. Like I had to make a decision. Like I really like thought with myself and I was, and and also my undergrad advisor at the time said, pharmacy is competitive. You may want to pursue another option, consider some alternatives. And I was getting this advice, but I also had this clear why. And I was wrestling with it. I was like, the, the, the writing on the wall, the paper, the rec, quote recommendations are to do something else. But I have this calling and I didn't really understand it at the time, but I decided to go for it again. So that required some summer school that required eating what I call some humble pie, retaking some classes, really doing whatever you could to up your grades, to get more involved, to really say, I'm committed to this. So I ended up reapplying the next year and I didn't get in, but what I did get was waitlisted, which means we gave our offers to everyone we really want to let in. But if they say no, we'll give you a chance. Let's just be real. That's what it means. Okay. So I ended up being the dead last person getting into my class and I was not going to waste the opportunity. And that light bulb clicked for me before pharmacy school started. It was like a couple days before. They had like a two-day orientation. And the last thing they said is, by the way, you have to elect a president of your class. And I remember that. This was 2008, 2009. I still remember that moment. A light bulb went off because all throughout, like I'm an Eagle Scout. I did all these leadership things. And I didn't really understand what the purpose was going to be. But in that moment, it all made sense. I was born to be a class president. I didn't even know what that meant, but I just had this, again, this calling. I couldn't even put a finger to it. So what did I do? 
success leaves clues. I modeled the mentors. So I got a mentor who was a pharmacy student two years ahead of me. Shout out to Jimmy Gill, Jatenda the Hot Steppa. This guy was awesome. I joined an organization called SNAFA, the Student National Pharmaceutical Association, which I'm a huge fan of. Their platform is serving the underserved. Shout out to y'all. Love y'all. Well, after one of the meetings, I went up to him like, hey man, I, I, I heard about this class president thing and I really want to do it, but I have no clue because you have to give this five minute talk and I don't know what to say. And he says, yo, this is what you do. You get up and say, you're going to be a liaison between faculty and students. And when people hear that, they're going to say, oh, he speaks French and then they'll vote for you. And that's what happened. That's what happened. So I did not waste that opportunity. That was my first like speaking gig, right? <laughs> but I, I, I was so stoked and I took that job so seriously. I took notes. I sent weekly emails. I treated like that. It was my full-time job. And it was awesome because from that, I gained a lot of connections. I networked because I would be meeting with professors. I literally was that liaison. Don't ask me how to spell it, but I think I can say it well. But that's what really helped me in networking initially was stepping into that role and saying, my class is counting on me. And they may not have, I, I hope they read the emails, but that was the identity that I adopted. And the strongest force in the human personality is the need to stay consistent in how we define ourselves. So all throughout pharmacy school, I really enjoyed that. And I ended up going to seven pharmacy conferences while I was a student. It was incredible. I met people, I got to go all over the country, Florida, uh, the state of Washington, all over. It was so fun. And on my rotation, my last year of pharmacy school, I was doing a rotation at the FDA. And I got a call from my dean. And I was like, oh, crap, what I do? <laughs> but what happened was she said, Adam, you might not know this, but every year for the graduating class, I personally give a scholarship to one male and one female who I believe is going to innovate the profession. And it's for $10,000. I'm like, wow, what a fun fact. That's awesome. She's like, I'm picking you. So I went from being rejected, saying you're not going to get in, to now you're the most influential pharmacist in, in that I think that's going to come out of your class. And again, I said, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. So what happened was, when I got into pharmacy school, I, I started to find this symbiotic relationship between fitness and pharmacy. And fitness for me began when my mom got diagnosed with cancer. Um, at the time, I was bullied up until that point most of my life. I was scrawny, little kid. I was very quiet. Believe it or not, yes, it did exist. <laughs> but <laughs> things change, right? So there's proof positive. But what but was through that time that I used fitness to really fuel my transformation. And whenever I got into pharmacy, really looking to up-level my studies, I found that if you partied and screwed around and didn't sleep well, your workouts would suffer and so would your performance in the classroom. But if you ate well, if you slept, if you did the things you knew were good for you, your workouts would be great and your studies would also improve. So like I said, it became the symbiotic relationship. And the point of that is once I graduated pharmacy school in 2012, was right around when Instagram was happening. And my friends were like, dude, you got to get this. And I'm like, well, wh what is it? I'm like, well, you just pick a name that represents what you're about. So I was like, okay, well, I like fitness. I'm a pharmacist. I'll become the fit pharmacist. And that's literally how it started. Then what happened was I just started sharing stuff, things that I liked, uh, nutrition, things like that. And when I graduated, 
I thought that if you're in healthcare, you need to be leading by example. You're promoting health, so you've got to walk the talk. And that just made sense to me until I realized that it wasn't very common because I started to see people over time after graduation that started getting really stressed out, gaining weight, all this stuff, resentful. And I was like, what is going on? You're a genius. How come you're on the struggle bus? And they started to share with me the things that were in their way. And I started to say, oh, try this. Oh, give this a try. And it started to work. So I wondered, I wonder if other people could help benefit from these tips. So I started sharing them on Instagram. And then I started to get a website and I started to just share these little tips. And my first business was in 2013, being a certified nutrition consultant, helping people with nutrition. As when I was going through pharmacy school, I wanted extra. <laughs> so on my off block, I decided to become a certified personal trainer, which I, I did. I passed that exam through American College of Sports Medicine because I was doing it anyway. So I might as well use that as an asset, right? And that helped with that first business. And the reason I tell you this is there was a pharmacist who was starting his entrepreneurial journey who saw that I was you know, growing a following back in the day. I think it was like a thousand followers. And he's like, hey, man, I'm starting my journey. I'm looking to get some traction. You have some followers. Can you like give me a shout out or something? And I was like, well, let's come up with this. How about, how about since you're into fitness too, you share your fitness journey. And, and because I'm a dork, we'll, we'll call it Fit Pharmacist Friday. And we'll publish it on Friday or just be a short little thing about how you define fitness. And we posted it and I got five DMs in like the first hour of people saying, I want to be featured. I want to be featured. And literally from that launched a four-year four-year blog campaign every Friday for four years. Pharmacists, students from all over the world. It was freaking awesome. That's really how my brand and business began was just creating a platform, a space for people to have a voice to feel like they mattered, to give them a place where they could share how they could help other people who felt like they weren't cut out for it, how they define fitness, really giving their perspective of what's important for them. And that's really where the social media thing began. And that, again, launched into, I wrote for uh, three pharmacy magazines through the years uh, in the United States, also in South Africa, led to writing my first book, RxU which was all about self-care for pharmacists and students, grab it on Amazon. Then that led to my second book, which helped pharmacy students overcome setbacks and really dominate pharmacy school. And that, then that led to uh, publishing other books as well with co-authoring and, and launching a podcast that I still run to this day going on six years. There's a new episode every week. Um, and then it led to a speaking career. I became a professional speaker through the National Speakers Association. So long story short, those are the highlights, but I'll say, I say all that to say, if someone tells you you can't do something, check in with yourself, ask, why am I doing this? Because if you ask how first, you'll always get overwhelmed. You'll always fall into what's called the tyranny of how frustration, overwhelm, and you're just going to be stuck. That's the, maybe the right question, but asked at the wrong time. The first question you want to ask is, what do I want? And get clear on it. The second question you want to ask is, why is this important? From an emotional connection, not logical. So, oh, I want to do this because it'll create a financial security for my family. That may be true, but get an emotional why to it. 
because he or she who has their why can bear almost anyhow. Once you then have a clear outcome and you have a clear emotionally driven reason why, then you can ask how because you'll be pulled towards it rather than feeling like you're pushing all the time. And then all of that led to a coaching career. I've been coaching, like I said, since 2013 with nutrition, and that morphed into mindset and psychology of really helping people get out of their own way and live a life that was purpose-driven and fulfilled on their terms, regardless of what they've gone through. And I'm not just picking this crap out of books. I've lived this stuff. I've coached hundreds of people through this, now thousands, to really create a life on their terms all over the world. And it's really, really fulfilling. And as we're filming this, as I mentioned, I think you're my 13th call today. And I mean, I've been up since 3.30 and you can hear, and I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> so it's just fueled by passion. It's fueled by passion. So once you get clear on those things, it'll really put you in a position where you can be of service to other people because that's really where fulfillment comes from. Fulfillment is that you're meant to fill others up. And when you can align with your God-given purpose, it positions you to co-mission with God to carry out the purposes to do that. And that's really what I'm all about is helping people do that too. Yeah. And Adam, that is, I mean, such an inspirational story. And it's so amazing to see how many unique facets there have been to your career. I mean, before I even dive into the next question, I just want to say, I'm so, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom, but it's such a strong testament to her faith and to your faith to be able to take an event like that and really change the trajectory of your life in a very positive manner and to be able to give back to so many others in a meaningful way and to use that really as fuel. So I'm so sorry to hear that, but I'm so just amazed by the outcome. And I'm just, I respect you so much for how you've turned that into something that's so positive in your life. I, I think there's a lot of different facets that I have questions about throughout your career. And the first one is you've, You've dabbled in um, in sports and fitness and speaking and various different engagements. What did that look like in parallel with your community pharmacy position? So is that something that you were doing on the side while you still held this community pharmacy job? How did you split those incomes? What did the development of these supplemental non-traditional incomes look like while you were serving in that community pharmacy role? Beautiful questions. And thank you so much for the kind words. Really appreciate that. And, and my belief is nothing has any meaning except the meaning you choose to give it. And while she was an amazing woman, still to this day, I, I hear people that because she was a principal of a school and she's been gone 19 years. And still to this day, this just happened last month. I kid you not. So I was at dinner with someone and they said, we were just in Florida and we met someone we used to work with. And we mentioned your name and they used to work with your mom. And they went on this half hour story. This happens all the time. It's incredible. So the memory keeps going. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. And to answer your question. So I've, I, was, I started full-time pharmacy in 2012. I believe it was uh, July. And actually, I know it was. And here's how I know. <laughs> so back then, before corporate realized that this was a liability, what we would do, uh, and thanks to my partner for coming up with this with uh, this idea, the partner that shared the pharmacy with me, is the idea was if we work three full-time shifts, we'll have a week vacation every other week. So back then, we would work, I think it was 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., and we did three of those in a row. Now, the, I'll be real. The first couple months was rough, but after that, it was normal. You adapt. So I remember it was July because <laughs> the, like a couple weeks after I started, 
the uh, state insurance changed to the preferred insurance that my pharmacy that I worked for at the time had it. So there were about 30 to 50 transfers a day for a brand new pharmacist at a high volume store. So I remember my first full day I worked, uh, I, I went at 8 a.m. and I was there till like 1, 1.30. So that's how I got fast at verifying prescriptions because I didn't want to do that again, right? <laughs> so to answer your question, yes, I did this on the side um, while I wasn't at, at the pharmacy. So that's what that schedule allowed is we would do three full days and then I would literally have a week vacation every other week, which gave me that, that bandwidth to do that. So that's kind of how that foundation started. And again, when you're launching a rocket, 90% of the fuel is on takeoff. So once I got these systems in place, once I got these things down, then that through that time, then it became easier to, to grow and scale that from there. So yeah, I did the writing. I did all that sort of stuff on the side on those days that I wasn't uh, on the bench. And then with sure. the fitness part, um, yeah, I've been, so I'm a lifetime drug-free natural bodybuilder. I know that's an oxymoron, a pharmacist that's drug-free, but it's true. <laughs> I do tested shows, so I've competed four times, and I did compete four times as working as a full-time uh, community pharmacist at a high-volume store. The most scripts that we did on a Monday when I left was 651 with one pharmacist. I, I've checked in with them since I've left, and that's expanded dramatically. So God bless them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And did you have any goals in mind with, okay, this is something that I want to take on my own at some point outside of a community pharmacist? Were you running those things in tandem, hoping to pay off student loans? Did you have any thought as to what the end goal is? Or were you just in a state of build, building and growth and development and you were just riding that out for however long you felt comfortable? Great question. So I paid off student loans very quickly. I think it was just a few years after graduation. So that was kind of over and done with. And in terms of, you know, what does this look like? Where am I going? I loved being a pharmacist. I was really good at it. Um, 20, because of that, that growth and the impact, uh, 2019, they had the pharmacy awards. So 2019, I was, I was honored to be named the most influential pharmacist uh, nationwide. So that was, that was really cool. And the reason I say that is, again, if someone tells you you can't do something, you're not cut out for it, ta-da, <laughs> right? So as, soon as, you, as, as long as you have that why and you put in that work and you're consistent and you just innovate, and that's really what my, I guess you could say my secret sauce is through this process, is just being obsessed with how can we do this better and how can I be resourceful? Oftentimes we get stuck. We get stopped by saying, I don't have the resources. I don't know the right people. I don't have the money. I don't have enough time. The question isn't resources, it's how resourceful can you be? Because again, all you need is all you have because all you have is within you now. And that's a core belief. And if you have that belief, that will drive your actions. And when you take those actions by asking the right question, the quality of questions you ask will directly determine the quality of life that you live. Ask a better question, get a better answer. What can I do to be resourceful with this? Simple questions. That's how we make the shift. So that's kind of what I what I did was doing that on the side. But to answer your question of, you know, what was my vision for this? I just loved doing what I did. I, I genuinely loved it. I know that sounds crazy being in, you know, full-time community. And I had the same stuff, staffing, all, all the stuff that everyone talks about on the uplifting Facebook pages. <laughs> I, I went through all that stuff. <laughs> I still loved it because of my attitude. Yes, things were burning down all around me. And here's the thing that I want to, and, and, I, and, and I really want to drive home, is that there is always both two things happening at the same time, a loss 
and a gain with everything. Even my mom passing away, that was a loss and there was also a gain. Someone doing you wrong, there's a loss and there's a gain. Getting a raise, there's a gain and there's a loss. You get to choose which of the two you focus on and what you focus on you'll feel because where focus goes, energy flows. So yes, all the things were happening. And when I say this, I don't mean be blindly ignorant. I don't mean be like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Blindly optimistic. The thing that I always say is if it's raining outside, I'm not telling you to go out with your eyes closed and say, it's sunny, it's sunny, it's sunny. It's raining. You're wet. Get an umbrella. And while you're out there, recognize that now you don't have to water your gardens because it's raining. So you just saved yourself an hour of time. You don't have to wash your car. You just got a free car wash. And that work you've been putting off because you had FOMO from missing out on the sunshine. Well, guess what? Now you get to do it without FOMO. There's three wins right off the bat. So it's not about being blindly optimistic. It's about facing it and choosing to see it as it is, not worse than it is. Choosing to see it better than it is because that's the role of a leader is see the vision while no one else may be able to and then make it the way you want to see it. That's really what leadership is all about, making decisions in the hard times. And I'm not talking about being a a leader position per se. I'm talking about being the leader of your life, CEO of you. Because guess what? You get to choose what you focus on because there's always both something gained and something lost at the same time. And what you feel comes from what you choose to focus on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Adam, that's so well said with just your perspective on life, your perspective on problem, your perspective on challenges. And then also it sounds like how you're receiving information and the lens that you're receiving information through, or maybe being in tune to the lens of others that might be giving you information and being cognizant of that information as well. So it just says a lot to your personality and your outlook on life. Do you think that that's something that you've always had within you? Or did you use your pharmacy career as a platform to be able to build upon that positivity? So I guess my my, my takeaway question here is, the pharmacists that might feel like they're stuck in these negative positions or these downward spirals or a headspace that they can't seem to tap out of, how do you advise them to come out of that hole? How do you advise them to change their mindset? Is this a question that can even be simply answered? I don't know, but you've done such a good job of just cultivating your own positive mindset. Any advice for our listeners that might feel like they can't claw their way out at the moment? Beautiful question. And oftentimes people think that they're stuck because there's something wrong with them, that there's something missing, that they're broken, that they need fixed. There's nothing wrong with you. You're in conditions. And again, you get to choose. And I'm not saying this from some superior place. I'm saying this from a kid that was bullied most of his life. I'm saying this from a kid who was in an incredibly abusive relationship for two years, which led me to a very deep depression. And that's actually what led me to Tony Robbins. So I was in a very deep, dark depression in my life in 2017. And that's actually how I got into Tony Robbins' world. And funny enough, I have the book right here, Awaken the Giant Within. I read this book like my life depended on it because it did. And in this book, it listed the power of focus that's directed by the questions that you choose to ask. And in it is a resource called the Morning Power Questions. And I was so desperate at this time of my life, no joke. I remember this. 
I would wake up in a state of anxiety because here's what would happen. I, I, was, I, I would always wake up in the state of anxiety to the point where it would be a, like a literal panic attack, hard breathing, all this sort of stuff. So in my mind, I linked up that sleep led to anxiety. So for six months, while I was in the middle of prepping for a bodybuilding show, working full-time as a pharmacist, running two businesses, I was getting three to four hours of sleep a night because my brilliant brain came up with this distinction that if you wake up, you're in anxiety. So if you don't sleep, you won't have to worry about it. So you can imagine how fun that was. I'll never forget it because in the morning when I would wake up in that anxiety attack, it would take me about two hours to get myself together. Not to feel good, to get out of the door. And those questions basically said, where focus goes, energy flows. And that's directed by a question. So I thought, I'm going to really do this. So I didn't just stare at the page. I said those questions out loud. What are you grateful for today? What are you happy about? And the caveat I gave is I would have to pick an answer and say it out loud for something that was true for me that happened in the last 24 hours because it forced me to look and seek and you shall find, ask and it shall be given. So when I went through these seven simple questions in five, 10 minutes, I actually felt better. It was the first time where I felt like I was picking myself up out of this hole of depression. And from reading this book, I still have the highlights, the note cards from when I was in this place in my life. I thought if this guy can have this impact from a book, I've got to meet him. So 2018 was my comeback year. I went massive action on personal development, went to Tony Robbins conference, Unleash the Power Within. Uh, that was when Grant Cardone, one of the guys in sales, had his growth conference, 2018, uh, 10X Con, went to that, on and on and on, massive action, decided to become a professional speaker. And then that next year from all that work is when I became named the most influential pharmacist. So you're in these situations, how are you going to use them? How are you going to use them to grow? Because you get to choose, is this the end or is this the beginning of something that you never thought possible before? So to, the, to your question about how do, you, how do you come back from this if you're feeling stuck? Well, what if this isn't you being pushed down? What, is, what if this is your opportunity? What if this adversity is an opportunity in disguise? What if this stressing is really a blessing in disguise? What if you can take everything that you thought that you can count out, but it's actually the exact things that you can count on. Because by going through that depression, by going through all of that crap, I now coach people to overcome it who might feel stuck and don't have the courage. Because oftentimes when we don't believe in ourselves, sometimes we have to lean on the faith of others in us until we can lean on our own faith to move forward, to continue to pursue, to actually see that maybe we can do this. And that's really the thing. It's questions. We, we have this opportunity where we're not happy in our job and we think, and we, there's an opportunity to change or maybe go to a, a YFP conference or do something like that. And we think, what if I fail though? What if I look like a fool? What, what if I show up and, and everyone laughs at me? What if, what if I'm kidding myself? Well, what if it does work out? What if you do pull it off? What if you're the smartest person in the room that has something to offer that you didn't even recognize? I call this being blind to your brilliance. And I know it because I was trapped in it for a very long time. Oftentimes we discount compliments 
because we think that people are just being nice. So here's a tip that I want to give to your listeners for how to identify something that you may have been blind to. If you hear compliments from people, it's very easy to say, oh, they're just saying that because they're my family, because they're my colleagues and this and that. So there's four categories of people that are in your life. You have your friends, you have your family, you have your colleagues or coworkers, and then you have random people that you meet for the first time. So looking at those four groups of people, just literally take a moment and, and don't just think this, physically write it out because what you write, you invite and go through each group and say, what are, what are compliments that I've heard over and over from my family? What are compliments that, that my friends have told me over and over? What are some, some nice words of encouragement that I've heard from my colleagues or coworkers? And if I'm out at a party, at a social event, a pharmacy conference, and I meet people for the first time, or we're doing a podcast meeting for the first time, and we give compliments, <laughs> sound familiar? <laughs> right? <laughs> we can say, wait a minute, there's a pattern here. All four groups of people who don't know each other said the same thing. Maybe it's true. It's so simple, but I can't tell you how freeing and encouraging and enlightening this simple little exercise is to possibly reveal that everything that you've been looking for outside of yourself has been within you the whole time. The hero you've been looking for has been within. The person you've been waiting for you to come save you has been you because no one is coming to save you. No one's coming to save you. Jesus saved your soul but you must take part in your own rescue. And when you do, you can then use that for the platform of a business, of a brand, of a book, of a course, and asking these powerful questions. What have you survived? What have you had to build a life raft for? Because if we're being honest here, right now, you are not where you want to be, and you're not where you used to be. And that space you're in between holds value for someone who is stuck where you came from, who would die to have the insights, the wisdom, the knowledge that you now have, which leads a lot of people to say, sounds good, Adam, but I don't have it all figured out. I don't have my whole life that, you know, I've got a lot to learn and I, I don't feel ethically qualified to help someone unless I've gone through it all. Well, here's a reality. Let this book of life that we're fictitiously talking about. Let's say that your book of life has 30 chapters and right now you're quote only in chapter five and you think, oh, I'm not qualified because there's so many chapters to go. Well, here's the real talk. You're on chapter five out of 30 and you're discounting the things that you can count on because there are people stuck in chapter one who are too terrified to even consider chapter two. But because you're in chapter five, you've gone through chapter one and chapter two and chapter three and chapter four and chapter five. So you're actually perfectly positioned because you're close enough that the person you're helping can relate to you and they don't feel far removed. Because if you waited until you were chapter 30, if you waited until you were perfect, you would actually disqualify people because they'd see you and say, see, that guy's perfect. I can't resonate with him. The thing that you're trying to make perfect is actually, if you got that, would disqualify you from connecting to the person that you used to be. So when you think you're not good enough to help people, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to be 10% ahead of the person you're looking to help and 
committed to constant and never-ending improvement. So from that perspective, I wonder how many souls you can pour into. I wonder how many people you can bring hope to. I wonder how much impact you can have from the imprint that God put on your life, not for you, but so that you can steward it and give to others. The skills, the abilities, even the trauma that you have, those weren't curses. Those were gifts. And they're not for you, period. They're for you, comma, to steward and develop so that you can help others from your gifts to lead them to theirs. Because if you're in a dark room and a light turns on, what are you going to do? You're going to move towards the light. And the closer you move towards the light, you're going to see a reflection of the light that's been within you the whole time. The light you've been praying for outside of yourself that's been within you the whole time. Because all you have is all you need, and all you need is within you now. So perhaps the place that you're in right now in life, perhaps you were created for such a time as this. Perhaps you were perfectly positioned to help the younger version of yourself. Perhaps you were perfectly positioned to give more than you ever thought possible because the secret to living is giving. So our listeners, I want everyone to pause that and just rewind it back when you need a boost of confidence about why you are, where you are, what that looks like and what your intention is and your purpose can be looking forward. Adam, that was so inspirational. And I think I could not have said that in a more beautiful way in terms of people taking the things in their life, whether they're perceived as positive or negative, and how they can relate to past versions of themselves and develop them into the future person that they were meant to be. So thank you for saying that. And I want everyone to go re-listen to that when you really need a boost of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the truth. I, that's all from the heart. So that it's just, it's yeah. all the truth. And I think that's no, why it, it resonates because it's, it's not made up. Like when you hear that, you're like, yes, that is true. That is the mm -hmm. truth. So what's stopping us? The only two things that will ever stop you, and here's another tip for your listeners. The only two things that will ever stop you is fear and anger. And the good news, the reason I'm telling you that, is that the antidote to both is the same. It's gratitude. Now, I'm not just saying pick random crap. Oh, I'm grateful to be alive. I'm talking about real stuff. Because when you're grateful, it's impossible to be angry. When you're grateful, it's impossible to be fearful. And if those are the only two things that mess you up and the antidote to both is the same, you can become invincible literally by living in a state of gratitude. Now, here's the trick. It's not just saying I'm grateful for this. You have to feel it. So I came up with this thing back in my time of anxiety that I mentioned. I was like, I'm sick of this. I've heard this gratitude stuff over and over, but it sounds like a bunch of fooey. But let me actually try it. So I woke up this morning like years ago. And I was in my bed and I started to feel this anxiety wash over me. So I was like, okay, everyone says gratitude. Let me actually try this. And I was like, what if I didn't try it? What if I experienced it? This is a true story. So I was lying in bed and I thought, what can I be grateful for right now? Well, I knew that it was like cold outside. So I felt my blanket 
And I, I just literally started physically from the spot I was in. And I lit, I physically felt my blanket. And I thought, I'm grateful for this soft blanket. I spoke it. I felt it. And I saw evidence that it was real. And I was like, ooh, that is soft. I've always wanted this really awesome, luxurious bed. And I have it. So I thought, I'm grateful for this comfy bed. And I rolled around slightly and I felt it. Well, I've always wanted a house and I was in my home. I'm in my dream home. Well, I I always wanted a master bedroom. So I looked around and I saw that I I saw that I was in this bedroom and I, I felt the air on my face. I looked around and recognized I was in my dream home. And I was like, I'm so grateful to be in a quiet neighborhood. And I was just silent and listened to the silence. I call it a gratitude ripple in the now, which stands for grin, G-R-I-N. You start with where you are and then you ripple outwards from that place. And then it was, I'm grateful for being close to an awesome city. I'm grateful for being in awesome, close to where my, my family lives. I'm grateful to be in the state. I'm grateful to be in this country and outwards from there. So if you start physically where you are, it's not just words. It's physically connecting and experiencing the gratitude. That will make you invincible. It's impossible to be grateful and fearful. It's impossible to be grateful and angry at the same time. So if you're grateful first, you can't lose because that's the only two things that will stop you from what you said, rewinding and listening to the dose of truth Mm -hmm. and really embracing those things. So now we know not only how to get into that, but also what will stop you. So now you're fully equipped. And here's one other caveat, again, just to be aware of. Oftentimes, when we, when we talk of fear, there's lots of different types of fear. Fear of success, fear of failure, all this stuff. Well, every human being has two fears. And I'm telling you this because if you're listening and you're a human, you resonate with these. How the mind plays tricks is that you think that, oh, this is just me. Everyone else has it figured out. No, <laughs> you thought that in pharmacy school too. And you, you found out quick that everyone else was farther behind than you. Let's be real, right? So the two fears that every human being has is the fear of not being enough and the fear of not being lovable. So when you hear that and you're like, oh, he's reading my mind, it's because we all have those fears. And when you're grateful for how far you've come, that'll help with that. If you want to, and one of the the, uh, slippery slopes to getting into these pits is comparison. You may have heard comparison is the thief of joy but it depends how you define comparison. If you compare yourself to other people, yeah. What if instead you compared yourself to how far you've come? What if instead you compared yourself to what you've learned? What if instead you compare to how much resilience and persistence you've sculpted since you started? That'll have a quite the different feeling, won't it? Mm -hmm. When you give yourself that gift, because it's true, it's not make-believe positive self-talk. It's just reality, again, all stemming from asking a more powerful question. Mm -hmm. And two observations there. One, I will give you credit for, it sounds like throughout the duration of your pharmacy career, you were always taking action in some way, shape, or form that aligned with your why. And that is something that we hone in on a lot. I've mentioned this numerous times on the, the Innovator Series of the YFP podcast is, 
before you make a career transition, think about what is your why? Because as you alluded to earlier, there's a million reasons and a million people that are going to tell you that you can't do what you want to do. But if you're aligned with your why and your personal reason, and you are strong and steadfast in your mission and your goals, that will keep you moving forward. And that is all that matters. So I want to give credit where credit is due to you too, is not only being grateful and having gratitude for where you are and where you stand at each moment, but taking action in that grateful presence. And maybe it's the gratitude that allows you to move forward as well too. But you have always been taking action so that when you're in those mental funks or when you're in those lows or how you ever we want to describe that, you have been building a, a repository of skills that you can fall back on or that you can lean into to help pivot you into the next chapter. And so I, I want to give you credit with that and say to the pharmacists that are maybe in, in these ruts, take action, take grateful action like you're speaking to, find something that you enjoy and start tapping into those areas of your mind or your skill set or brush those off or whatever it is. Because in order to get yourself out of those positions, you ultimately will need to pivot in some way, shape or form. Um, if, if you want to stay in pharmacy, it's having that skill set and having some kind of polished skill that you can move back onto or that you can progress forward in. So Adam, I give you a lot of credit again for constantly developing yourself and for taking steps to move yourself forward. And then also just having that mindset of positivity and strength and reflecting on what you're grateful for. And it sounds like you do a lot of reading and journaling, and that is certainly integral to my daily routine now as well. Uh, there's a lot to be said for the the written word, but um, just two observations from my perspective of cool. not only that mindset, but t- taking some action behind it. So now I kind of want to flow into the next state of your career. It sounds like, so you tapped cool. into speaking you had all of these wonderful skills that you had been building during your time as a community pharmacist. And I think I listened to it on another podcast where you said you were giving this speech and you were all of a sudden just in this flow state. Is that when you defined yourself as an entrepreneur? Is that when you started seriously considering stepping back from that traditional pharmacist role? Can you let us into your mind a little bit about that transition from your community pharmacy career to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm really glad that you said you, you put in the work because where I'm about to go with the story, a lot of people get twisted. So I want to make this very clear. Faith is central to everything that I do. And this is, I'm just going to start with this. How we define faith is huge. And again, I'm not putting beliefs on anybody, but what I will share with you is that oftentimes we think that faith is like a quadrant of life. It's a checkbox. Like I went to church, I did this and that, check. Faith is actually not meant to be a priority in your life. Let me say that again. Faith is not meant to be a priority in your life. Faith is meant to be central to all priorities in your life. And that's what leads up to this next chapter. So what you said is important, again, is that you put in the work. Because there's, there's extremes. There's all, all work and, you know, I'm, I'm my own faith and all this. And then there's also, God's got it. I'm just going to sit on the couch and just pray. Neither are correct. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. One thing that I came up with over the years that I'll just shamelessly continue to, to share is, yes, Jesus, take the wheel, but you've got to put your foot on the gas. <laughs> you've got to put the gas in the tank. Let's go. Right? 
So whenever I went to my first uh, National Speakers Association meeting, a, a friend of mine invited me. He's like, hey, man, I think you'll love this. And at that time, I didn't know what speakers were. I thought it, I had no clue. So I went to this meeting and I was blown away. I was blown away because these were incredibly positive people that genuinely cared for people. And they had all these awesome backgrounds and they were genuinely encouraging one another and they were sharing stories. And you could just tell it was genuine. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. There's no backstabbing, none of that. So I thought, this is a career? You can do this? I had no clue. But I, and then this is where that blind your brilliance thing came in because I was, I was talking to these speakers and they literally would say, first time I met them, you're a natural speaker. You've got a gift, blah, blah, blah. And these people weren't recruiting me. They had nothing to gain. So I thought, why are they giving me these compliments? And then I thought, where have I heard this before? And then I went through the tool that I just shared with you. In that moment is where I came up with that tool. True story. And I thought, wait a minute. Everyone my whole life has been saying the same thing, but I was discounting it because I, I thought, oh, that's just my professors being nice. Those are just my colleagues being nice. That's just my family being nice. That kid at the party when I was going riffing, doing what I did with the conference thing, he was just drunk being nice, whatever it was, right? And I thought, all these people said the same thing. Maybe there's a thing here. And then to what I said earlier, I started having doubts. But who am I? I'm not, I don't have training in this. So it was right around that time when I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And that's where my, that's where my uh, faith journey really started to take off. And in that moment, when I came back, I remember it clear as day. I was in my apartment at the time and I just got to my knees in prayer. And I said, God, I, I feel like the speaking thing is like a gift, but I have no clue what to do. And I have a job I love. I, I don't know. What do I do? And that was the first time I audibly heard God's voice. And he said, go speak. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. So working full time for a corporate retail pharmacy, if y'all know about the scheduling, meaning you don't get to change your shifts. And if you want a vacation at, um, from where I worked, you had to give a year and a half notice for a week vacation. True story. And if you wanted to shift a few days, Oftentimes, you had to give months notice that was often rejected, but I digress. So <laughs> with that, in the, at the time, NSA, National Speaker Association, offered the professional speaker uh, certification. This was before COVID. I think they've taken it away since. But in order to do that, you had to give 15 paid talks in a 12-month period to a room of 15 or more people. So try doing that with a full-time retail pharmacist schedule that you can't move. Well, God moves. <laughs> so I declared that was my one goal that year. I hired a professional speaking coach. And that was the other thing, tying money into it. Uh, it was a God situation, but long story short, this woman was brought into my life and she ended up being one of the most influential speakers still to this day in NSA. Um, when I was at national convention two years ago in Nashville, they had Hall of Fame speakers on stage showcased as keynotes and stuff. And I think there were like 12 or 15 of them. 10 of them referenced her by name. Incre and this woman was brought into my life. That ain't an accident. So this woman's brought in my life and she's like, yeah, you, you know, I, I do speaking seminars. You fly out to St. Louis. It's two days and it's seven grand. Didn't have that like laying in my back pocket. So I thought about it and I was like, this is when we step up. 
and I ne I'll never forget. I remember recording this this video because I do Instagram reels and stuff um, on my stories, just behind the scenes. I remember going on a walk on the treadmill the morning in St. Louis, telling people, "I'm here because I have a calling from God. I know I have the skill, and I also don't know. No, I, I also know I don't know what to do with it, but I'm willing to go into debt over it. And I'm not promoting debt, but I'm just saying, money talks, right?" And if you really believe in something and you know you can make something of it, you got to be willing to put your money where your mouth is. There's double puns right there, <laughs> right? So I did that and I hired this professional speaker and that whole year, things lined up like you wouldn't believe. I'll, this one month, and I ended up scheduling 20 talks because you want to always overshoot because things happen, people cancel, and that did happen a couple times. I ended up becoming a professional in 10 months instead of 12. But but this one month, I'll never forget, it was so busy with uh, holidays and vacations and all this stuff. There was only one day that I had off and I found an opportunity to speak. And it was at that day, at that time, that doesn't just happen. So God was in that whole thing. So that was that whole year, fast forward and, you know, living life, this and that, blah, 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 buy my house. True story. Bought my house in COVID 2020. Long story there, another God thing, but I'll fast forward to this. Beginning of 2021. I hear God for the second time. You will not be in this job this time next year. Huh? God, what's that mean? Silence. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I must have misheard, right? <laughs> so because I'm in a job I love, I'm making good money, I'm making good impact. It's all good. And I just bought a house, right? So I'm like, oh, it's fine. So I just ignored it. Well, as time went on, God started to poke. And he started to poke deeper and started to poke more frequently. And it started to become very apparent that I was called to leave. It didn't make any sense. I, to be honest, I was very angry with God. How could you lead me from this huge, amazing impact of being rejected to giving tens of thousands of people hope all over the world? Now you want me to walk away? What, 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 what? True story. I know this sounds crazy, but it's the truth. I went on a walk in the fall. I'm pretty sure it was October. And it was raining, pouring down rain. And I went in a walk because I had my breaking point. Like it was clear I had to make a decision. I walked in the rain yelling at the sky. It's true. I can't make it up. And I got back and I surrendered. I fell to my knees and said, you want me to quit? Fine. It made no logical sense. I had no plan whatsoever. I, I didn't like quit the job at the time, but mentally I surrendered and said, okay, I, I will obey. I will obey. I'll do this. I don't know how or what, but I surrender my intention. Not too long after, out of the blue, oh, double pun there. You'll hear why in a second. I get a text from a dude who I had connected with who went to my alma mater, University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy, and he had been following my work you know, on Facebook, Instagram with the Fit Pharmacist, and he texts me, and he says, hey, man, I don't, and, and long, uh, another caveat, a couple years ago, he had a grand opening. It was actually March of 2020 when he opened his pharmacy, two weeks before the lockdown, and I thought it was pretty badass for a pharmacist to open an independent pharmacy without insurance. So I went and it just so happened that it was my one day of the week off. It, things had shifted with the work schedule since I originally mentioned. So I thought, I'm off that day. I'll go, you know, wish him grand opening. Little did I know that planted a little seed. Because fast forward to this time, he said, hey, Adam, I don't know if you know if you're still in the area, but we're, we're doing really well and we're expanding. We're looking to hire on a part-time pharmacist. Do you have any recommendations? I was not intending to join at all. But I had a network of pharmacists 
And I didn't want to make some inappropriate recommendations. So I said, let's meet up. Let me hear what you're looking for. And I'll see if I know anyone. So we meet up at Panera and he's telling, you know, he's saying, well, tell me about the fit pharmacist. What exactly do you do with like speaking and coaching and stuff? So as I'm telling him my skills with marketing and innovation and all this, he's leaning in and he says, I don't know if you're looking for a job, but your skills are exactly what we're looking for. Can't make this part up. I said, well, what would that job entail? What's, what's the job description? Never forget this. Hands me a pen and says, you write it. Now you tell me a pharmacy job where they tell <laughs> you to write your job description. What the heck is this? So now I, I had no intention of doing this. God's at work. And, and I say, well, I love speaking and I love coaching. I know you don't do speaking stuff. But if I could do like 50% coaching, or I'm sorry, 50, I was in marketing. Like I really love marketing, growing innovation. If I could do like 50% marketing and tie in coaching and then do some bench work as a pharmacist, that'd be cool. Done. Huh? <laughs> what pharmacist job is that? So I end up working part time for this guy. And again, I quit in December of 2021 after just buying a house with a pharmacist mortgage, no clue what's coming. This is a startup company. There's no guarantees. Working part-time, full faith. Full faith. Still to this day, it's the number one LinkedIn post I've ever made was my last day working my 10-year career. It was crazy. And it was crazy faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I started this job and it was incredible. So the reason I said it was a double pun out of the blue is it was Blueberry Pharmacy. If y'all know Kyle McCormick, shout out, bro. That is a, the, literally that is utopia pharmacy. Anything that you can think of with retail pharmacy that gives you a headache that you hate does not exist there, both on the side of the pharmacist and on the side of the patient. No insurance, over a thousand generics, and the prices are wild. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It, 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 it's crazy. So I'm hired to do this. So I start that in 2022. Amazing. Like, phenomenal. One of the most up, true story, my two favorite pharmacists of all time is Tim Albrecht and Kyle McCormick. Their level of character is unmatched. Like I've never seen anything like it. And that's withstood years of watching behind the scenes at their worst, all that stuff. Strongest character I've ever seen in my life. Those are my, like, I love both those guys to death. So, and I would, I told Kyle, I'm like, you remind me of Tim. And I told Tim, you remind me of Kyle. This is like awesome, right? working with this. And the mission is to help people who don't have insurance get medications for cancer, MS, and all kind of other things. When insurance is charging them 1200 a month and we're getting it to them for 80 bucks, same exact thing, same exact manufacturer, all that stuff. Crazy. So I'm, I'm joining them to do marketing. So long story short, uh, we 5X Google reviews. I don't know of any pharmacy that has above a three star on Google reviews. We have 128 five-star Google reviews. That don't happen. Go find that somewhere. Don't exist. There's nothing like it. And our slogan at Blueberry was welcome to different because we did things differently. It was incredible, amazing culture. And I could go on and on about it. Mm -hmm. But that's what led me into coaching because I was shifting with the fit pharmacist. I'm like, I really want to coach. I really want to get inside with people and help them break through what's stopping them get through these limiting beliefs, really tap into their God-given potential so they can live life on purpose for a purpose and stop settling. So I got deeper into coaching and I had a Tony Robbins coach myself at this time. 
And I was wrestling. I was trying to change the business. What's the next step? And it hit me like a lightning bolt. I'm going to all these Tony Robbins conferences. I'm using these products. I'm paying for a coach. Why don't I become a coach? And it all made sense. All of it made sense. And so I decided to apply to become a Tony Robbins results coach in the fall. And just uh, fast forward, there's about a 4% acceptance rate. And this is a three-month interview to get in. And this isn't like you, you meet with someone and a month later you have another meeting. It is literally a full-time job to do this interview. And they do wild stuff, like mind-blowing. And there's three phases. So you've got to get in. You've got to pass the interview. You've got to do all these background checks in this. You get in and there's a phase one. If you pass, and these are, by the way, the top 1% of coaches in the world watching you like a hawk on and off the screen. If you pass, you're invited to phase two. If you pass, you're invited to phase three. And then if you pass that, you're invited for the opportunity to become a coach. So that's what I did. And I I was like, I love this. And I was doing full-time coaching and part-time pharmacy. But there was this calling. This was there's a lot more to this, but I'm gonna fast forward. There was this calling to become more and to be a coach. So I was talking with Kyle and he was expanding. And he's like, Hey man, we're we're getting busier. I'm like, Yeah, it's like the marketing's working. It's like <laughs> it's like what I'm doing, it's working, <laughs> right? And he but it, it was all the team. It wasn't me, it was the team. Like there, there's Ravi, there's Kyle, there's all the students, like it's a team environment. It, it's incredible. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Mind blowing. Check it out blueberryfarmacy.com. Go there. <laughs> right. I, I digress. Um, but he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, well, man, I, I really had a great time with coaching. And I actually think that I'm called to do that full time. So he's looking for me to transition from part time to full time. And I'm basically saying, I don't, uh, I'm going the other way. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, one of the things that I always taught as an Eagle Scout is never leave somewhere better than you found it. Never leave somewhere without making it better than you found it. So I thought, I can't just leave because they don't really teach marketing in pharmacy school, right? And, and it's such a strong mission. He's such a great guy. I can't just leave. So I was like, I need to find a replacement. And thank God there was a pharmacy student on rotation, phenomenal guy, entrepreneurial spirit, and he was looking to actually sign on with Rite Aid. And both Kyle and I were like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> So we're talking to him. We're just being honest. Like, you know, tell us what your goals are, really understanding, getting to know what he's about. And so we, we talked with him. We're like, hey, man, I, I actually would like you to take over. Like, you've got these skills. Let me train you, all this stuff. So he ends up making the decision. Again, it's you're coming out of school, going all in on a startup still. It's a risky move, but he did it. I tell that point of the story because he had a mentor. He had Kyle as his mentor. He had us to support him. And he made that move. He already signed with Rite Aid before he graduated. And then he ended up changing. He's like, I'm going with Blueberry. I appreciate the opportunity, all this. A month later, Rite Aid goes bankrupt. How about that? How about that? God continues, <laughs> right? So I ended up uh, working my last shift of August of 2023. And I was full-time, I think it was in May. Um, so now I'm working with uh, 93 clients all over the country. I also am a business results trainer, helping businesses from, hey, I have an idea, I don't know what to do, to, hey, we're making 100 million, we want to turn it into 200 million next year. So I not only train the owner, I also get to train their team. And what training is, is it's combining coaching and speaking. It's my playground. It's awesome. So that's why I'm able to have all, all the, uh, yes, yeah, so long story short, God guided me through this. 
God directed me. He called me to walk away from a career, everything that I shared. Adam, it's time to walk away. It's time to change your identity because your identity isn't linked to a role. It isn't linked to a job. It's who you are in Jesus. It's who you are in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So that was a real coming to Jesus moment and laying down everything that I thought I had built, but it was really him the whole time and really surrendering to that and talk about a faith leap. And here's the thing, the, at, it, where understanding ends is where faith begins. Because that move made no logical sense to anybody. True story, when I posted that I'm leaving pharmacy, I had my professors text me to make sure I was okay. I had a professor who's now a dean at a pharmacy reach out to me. And if you're listening to this, I love you, man. Thank you. Make sure I was okay. Because it made no logical sense. But God does. And to your point, you did all this work. Yes, faith and work is required. It is a co-partnership. And that's really my mission in his life. My mission in life is to co-mission with Jesus to reconcile relationships and redeem people's lives. That's it. That's why I do what I do. And it's so incredibly fulfilling. And it's a blast. We have fun. When I tell my clients, I say, you're here to get results and you're guaranteed a results every session because we're not called coaches. You get a result in 30 minutes or less guaranteed and you will get a result and you're going to have fun because if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. So if you don't like to have fun, we got to get you a new coach. So that's the first call I have with my clients. And if they're not laughing, I know it's time to go. (laughs) So it's fun. It's a blast. People are changing their lives and being able to witness that being able to be a vessel for God to do that work. It's absolutely extraordinary. And, and the, the level of faith that this has grown Um, I've gotten to see people bring their lives to Jesus through this. I've gotten to see people turn the impossible into into the possible, which is really what a breakthrough is. A breakthrough is a moment in time when the impossible becomes possible. And you actually are living that. And seeing someone do that, the look in their eye, the moment where they think this can happen, this is possible. That's why I do this all. So that people ignite their light within. And when you unapologetically own your fire, you get to spark someone else's light and then they can go and do it too. And that's why I do what I do to keep that moving through. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful to hear that you didn't necessarily have an identity crisis. And that's something that I think about all the time because I am similar to you, Adam. I mean, just about as involved in pharmacy as I can be in the state of Hawaii. And I love being a pharmacist. In Hawaii. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, specifically. <laughs> well, people probably want to switch with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think about all the time. I mean, I've been very, I've taken a lot of risks in the past year. And I'm like, if worse comes to worse, my identity is not tied to this profession as yes. much as I love it. And yes. I love being a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much that we can do. And there's a lot of untapped potential in pharmacy. If the world were to collapse on pharmacy tomorrow, I'm going to be fine. I would figure it out. It's going to be okay. So I think that that's always an interesting lens as a pharmacy entrepreneur is, are you tied to being a pharmacist? Because that almost can become a self-limiting belief with Mm. the potential that you can have on the healthcare community in general 
not just the pharmacy community. And I think when you're on this path of impact and growth and you're finding your flow state, the opportunities that present themselves to you are beyond what you could have comprehended. And a lot of times they reach into healthcare in general, not just this unique narrow pharmacy lens, which is obviously something that nobody teaches you in pharmacy school and that you don't learn without experience. But I do think about that identity crisis all the time on my own path. So I just wanted to articulate that and to point that out and to give that to other pharmacy entrepreneurs or to other pharmacists that you know, don't ever define yourself as a person to your mm. career. I think that is just such a huge, ugh, it's, a, it's just, a, a, it hurts my character to think about that. <laughs> well, that's a really brilliant point. And I'm really glad that you highlighted that. And first, I want to acknowledge you because you said you're taking lots of risks. No risk, no reward. Now, to your point about people tying their identity to pharmacists, this is a very, it's a nuance, but it's very important. How you identify, how you label the word pharmacist, how you define that can totally change your life. When you change the way you label things, the things you label change. And what I mean by that is, how do you define pharmacist? It, most people in retail, the identity pharmacist is that you're working full time at one location. So if you were to change, you are threatening your identity. And again, the strongest force in the human personality is the need to stay consistent in how we define ourselves. So if your definition of being a pharmacist is staying full-time at a retail establishment and you have an opportunity to go do a residency, go do a fellowship, go do whatever, that threatens your definition of your identity. And you might not understand why, you may chalk it up to fear, but really what it is, is you're protecting your identity because of how you choose to define pharmacists. And most often, that wasn't consciously chosen. That was subconsciously adapted or borrowed from someone else. So really think if you are stuck, if you're thinking of, oh, I might want to change or explore other options or go the entrepreneur route, and, you, and you've thought about it, but if you're honest with yourself, are you still stuck where you've been? Are you maybe complacent? And this isn't coming at you. I'm actually coming with you. If you're not making any progress, just pause and say, how do I define myself? If I define myself as a pharmacist, critical care, ambulatory care, whatever it is, what's that mean to me? Because nothing has any meaning except the meaning you choose to give it. And when you give it an identity, you protect that to the death, including your passion and fulfillment. So if you're feeling burned out, maybe it's not that you're overworked. Maybe it's that you're underwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to, to kind of plug a line in the same vein there too, I know we spoke earlier about the mindset of people in pharmacy right now. I mean, I don't think it's a secret. There's all these positive, I'm, I've got air quotes on for the listeners, these positive Facebook communities, or um, we're seeing a lot on LinkedIn and across the news with Pharmageddon and these pharmacy walkouts and a lot happening with pharmacists, not necessarily even asking for higher pay, but just asking for safer working conditions. I would love to ask for your insight on the future of pharmacy, because you've got this lens of having been in a traditional three-letter pharmacy setting, having been in a very non-traditional blueberry pharmacy setting where you're do doing something totally different, and now being a pharmacy entrepreneur 
where you're coaching people in both of these settings, and you kind of have your hands in a lot of different pharmacy baskets, so to speak, or you're able to see pharmacy through a very, very unique lens that I think only comes with experience. So to pharmacists that are potentially in those retail settings, any advice on what the future of pharmacy looks like, advice for them in general, I will leave the floor open to you with anything that you want to add just based off the current climate of pharmacy in November of 2023. (laughs) Brilliant question. And I'm going to steal something from my dear friend, Joseph McClendon III, who says, the future is what you dare to make of it, and fortune favors the bold. I love it. A short and sweet and simple answer. We don't need to dive into the weeds. <laughs> but It's the truth. No, because nothing I, has any meaning except the meaning you choose to give it. We can look at all the things that are wrong, and we can also say, is this terrible? Or is this actually an opportunity in disguise? Because if injustice goes on for so long, eventually it's going to pop. And that's an excellent opportunity to innovate. Let's let's use an example. I I like this one. The music industry. Y'all remember the 90s when CDs had like 12 songs and they were like $20? That was such a ripoff. It was (laughs) screwing people. And what happened? Napster. Online music. The industry was destroyed because of their greed. And history tends to repeat itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very well said. And a lot of food for thought and very many different ways that you can take that. (laughs) So I love it. We'll leave our listeners with a little tease and a little bit of introspection with their own beliefs and where they see where they see pharmacies going but I, I do really appreciate that comment adam absolutely so i will kind of round things out here with three questions that i just like to throw on at the end of our podcast just very brief um meant to be a little bit of a personal testament to your journey and hopefully bring some inspiration to some of our listeners so what has been the most memorable aspect of being a pharmacy entrepreneur, any moment that sticks out in your head? I think it's really taking the leap and not looking back. And there's something that uh, <laughs> is really cool. When you, next time you're driving, if you're thinking of making the leap, if, if you've had the courage, you're like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I, I went to Tim's thing and I'm in his community and I'm fired up. And you go and you hold back and you pump the brakes and you're in this cycle of, getting pumped up, but not actually moving forward. Well, the next time you're in your car, just take a look. Because again, it's all about being resourceful and success leaves clues. So if you look forward, you'll see that the windshield is quite expansive and it's looking forward. But you also see your rearview mirror that's quite tiny looking back. Which would you like to focus on? Mm-hmm. Which way are you going? Don't look back. You're not going that way. For a second, I thought you were going to say, close your eyes. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) next time you're driving, close your eyes. (laughs) No, very well said. Puts puts perspective into true form. (laughs) So Adam, a piece of advice for someone contemplating a non-traditional pharmacy career path. Absolutely. Why do you want to do it? And here's, this is actually a really good question. And something that I see a lot of people doing when they do it and they have regrets or they get angry or resentful, 
is are you moving towards something or are you moving away from it? Oftentimes people make changes preemptively off of emotion. And when you make an emotion out of fear or anger, it's almost always the wrong decision. So looking at human behavior and, and test me on this, don't just listen, test me. The only two reasons that humans make any action is to avoid pain and to seek pleasure. Now of the two, just asking you, which one do you think is a stronger driving force initially? Avoiding pain or seeking pleasure? Initially avoiding pain. 100% spot on. So what most people do when they're making career change is they're like, oh, we're understaffed and underpaid. This is terrible. So they jump out of the pan and into the fire. So initially, it is very helpful to get leverage on yourself because without leverage, nothing lasts. And in order to make that change last long term, you need a also pleasurable future, a compelling future that has emotionally compelling reasons why. So yes, you want to be real with the pain. Why do you want to leave? But you also want a clear, compelling future with emotionally driven reasons why. That's how you'll make it to last. So just ask yourself, why do you want to leave? Most people say, because it sucks here. It's another day in hell, whatever. Okay, that's real. Well, what's the other alternative? Because make sure that you're not jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. So be really clear on why you're looking to make a change and be responsible. If you're married, if you have kids and it's a huge risk, make sure you've got money in the bank. Make sure you have a contingency plan. And this is something that I train people when they're starting a brand and we're going to scale it down to scale it up. So when you're, when you're going to make a brand and you're going to get on social media, create content, podcast episodes, whatever. Well, right now, when you're ready to launch, you're super pumped up. Just like when you're ready to change jobs, you're super pumped up to do whatever it takes. And you might commit to posting every day, twice a day. Well, what about when you're not pumped up? What about when you've had a really rough day? What about when you lose your best friend? So what I recommend is future pace yourself. So imagine and use the future, use the past. So you've already had troubling experiences. It's already happened. Use those to your advantage. Think back to a time when you were in a rough spot in your life. And ask your, and so this is the personal brand context of making content. Think back to a time when you were having a really rough spot. How, if you were in that spot back then, how much energy and mental effort would you be able to commit to posting? So how many posts a week would you make if you were in the toughest spot in your life? And most people say like once a week. So use that as your baseline. And until you're consistent for three to six months, then scale up. It's all about consistency. That's the key. And as a fitness person, consistency is the best workout. Consistent. And we all want to make these intense changes. Post 10 times a day. Change my job. Burn the boats. Well, we want to be intense, but we don't want to be consistent. And consistency is the most intense thing you can do because hardly anyone does that craziness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the point of telling you this is, Prepare. So if you're looking to make the change, recognize that you're likely in a very heightened emotional state. So future pace by looking at when you were rough, what was the most stressful financial time that you had in your past? What did you, what was, what was in jeopardy? Was it your rent? Was it your mortgage? Was it your children's medical bills? And then use that knowledge because history tends to repeat itself. So use that knowledge to prepare 
for the storms that not may, but will come in the future. So consider not just yourself, but who are de- who's dependent on you and, and set yourself up. Now, again, it's different for everyone. This is the, the general 80%, you know, the bell curve. This is 80%. This is the strategy you want to look at is who is dependent on you? What are their needs? And calculate what's your cost of living. And also plan for rainy days. What were some rainy days that you experienced in the last five to 10 years of your life? Imagine if all of those happened over the next month. Because oftentimes when you take this leap, you will be tested 100% of the time. You say you want something, you will be tested. And the world moves for those who are persistent. So plan ahead to make the journey more enjoyable. Because again, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I loved loved the point that you said about being in a heightened state of emotion. Um, And that's something that I think a lot of our guests have had in common is that they really sat with that emotion for an extended amount of time. And it was a very calculated risk to your point. It looks so different for everyone. There's obviously not a blanket formula, but I love dialing into this is a heightened state of emotion. I need to be aware of it. And how do I dial this back to something that's going to be on a completely different plane and trajectory of emotion that I may not even have experienced yet up to this point in my life. So let's try to just, put our feet in that situation and see how we feel and try to plan for a rainy day, so to speak, or try to plan ahead. I really love that point. Yeah. And Adam, my last question is what is, I actually think I might be able to answer this for you, but what is your favorite part about being a pharmacy entrepreneur? Or in this case, you're not a pharmacist anymore. So we'll just dial that back to what is your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? So that's interesting. I I, I don't think I consider myself an entrepreneur And, and by definition, by all definitions, People are like, of course you are. You're out on your own, you're running your own business, you're doing all these things. I just consider myself a secret agent for Jesus. That's it. Because people come to me for all kinds of things. I want a, a new career. I've helped them do that over and over. I help you get, I've, I've 10x people's income. I've done things that would blow your mind. Helping them do it, empowering them. I really don't do anything. I just ask questions. As a coach, I'm literally a professional question asker. That's all I do. So when it comes to being a a professional entrepreneur, a pharmacist entrepreneur, it's not about me. That's what I love about it. Because we put all this pressure on ourselves to have it all figured out. We want to have control and certainty of our future. And oftentimes when we surrender that, or even entertaining the idea of surrender, We think that surrender is giving up. And again, how you define things makes a huge thing. Surrendering is one of the most strongest things. There's a a good word. Clearly, I have an (laughs) English degree. The strongest, (laughs) toughest things you can do. Um, But no, to to tie it in, surrender is one of the most courageous things that you can do because you're dying to yourself. And the ways of the kingdom are the opposite of the ways of the world. When you die to yourself is when you live. If you want to lead, kneel. If you want to be first, go last. So recognizing that I'm not really, I don't have this plan for this 10-year vision. I'm living on daily bread. And that's faith. And again, that's not, you know, not doing anything and expecting money to fall from the sky, which it did and does. But it's being an active participant in your own rescue. 
recognizing and being resourceful. These are the gifts I've been given. How am I going to steward these responsibly, not for my own gain, but so that I can be a river, an avalanche of abundance through which I can pass through and serve to others? It's not about me. It starts with me. It goes through me. I'm required, but it doesn't end with me. And when you put the focus off yourself, you start to look at how can I give, how can I use this stuff and, and give it to other people? Because again, the secret to living is giving. And, and when it's never about you, you can't lose. And especially in times when we're feeling lost or helpless, when you're feeling helpless, get helpful. Because once you give, it, it adds this level of gratitude that you can't even imagine. So my favorite part is, and, and the best way to describe what I do now is I get the honor and privilege to have a front row seat to witnessing miracles. It's freaking incredible. Like I literally cry. I'm not kidding. Ask my colleagues. I cry two, maybe three days a week because of the things that I get to witness, the breakthroughs, the marriages that are saved, the uh, all on and on and on. It, it's amazing. And having the honor and privilege to, to be a witness, to be a conduit for this is absolutely extraordinary. And we have fun. <laughs> it's a blast. So if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. So if you're in a job, that doesn't mean I'm telling you to quit, but say, could you be focusing on the wrong thing because you're influenced by other people in your profession? Maybe you're hanging out in the wrong Facebook groups. Maybe you need to listen to more YFP. Maybe you need to get more engaged in that community. Maybe you need to, instead of listening to people who are complaining and have a life that you don't want, maybe you need to connect with people who are living a life through the integrity and character and lifestyle that you actually do want because success leaves clues. And I'm going to give your listeners a big tip. If you want to get success as fast as possible, there's three simple steps. Number one, proximity. Number two, proximity. Number three, proximity. Whatever you want to attain, get around people playing that level of the game. Because like crabs in a bucket, if you're in an environment that doesn't support or encourage your growth, they will always pull you down to their level. So level up and become the smallest person in the room from a humble perspective to grow and become a part of something. And, and that's real intimidating. You might be in that room thinking, who am I? I feel out of place. Yes, you're in the right room. Congratulations. Now be of service. But how can I be of service? I have so much to learn. Figure it out. Favorite quote from, I credit this to Marie Forleo. Everything is figure outable. <laughs> Another good English word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I can't credit that one. But it's the truth. It's all about innovation. And that was one of the biggest takeaways that I got from University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy. Our values aligned. Leadership, innovation, and excellence. Personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. I learned that from Andy Frisella, creator of 75 Hard. I've done Lift Hard. I'm actually finishing my second year of that. Incredible program. It's free. Not, not tied to it in any way, but if you want to level up your life, get up on 75 Hard. I did a podcast because I did that while I was a pharmacist. Highly recommend, but I digress. All kinds of tools. 
Get resourceful. Surround yourself with people who encourage you. That's the best part of this is being around people that you want to be around because you're serving at such a high level. I had the honor this past, uh, I was there Saturday through Wednesday. Uh, every year, Tony Robbins has the annual coach meeting. So there were 108 coaches from 29 countries. And these are the most amazing souls you ever met because they're givers. There's no, there, there's friendly competition, but there's not like backstabbing competition. It's give, give, give without any expectation. They don't keep tabs. They give with unconditional love. It's incredible. It's what we call our chosen family. There's nothing like it I've ever seen or heard of in the world. It is incredible. And they make me want to be better. So get around people that are playing at a level higher than you and watch what happens because proximity is power. So that's why I'm honored to be a part of this podcast. Seriously, it's such an honor because I'm, I'm such an admirer of Tim and you and the team that you have because it's such an honorable community of people that want to play and live life at a higher level so that they can create a future for their family that they may have never had so that they can inspire other people. Maybe they're mentoring, maybe they're colleagues that it doesn't have to be that way. The way that all the loud people are complaining about, yes, that's maybe happening. And there's other stuff too, because in every adversity, there's also an opportunity in disguise. Because again, there's always both two things happening at the same time, something that's gained and something that's lost. And you get to choose which of the two you focus on. So choose wisely. Well, Adam, thank you for saying that. I really take it to heart because it has been such an honor to be in your orbit and to hear a little bit about your story and certainly to dive into some of these details as they relate to faith and purpose and pharmacy and entrepreneurship and just overall the direction and the attitude that you have to your approach to life is just it's been so fun to be here. And thank you for being a part of this podcast and for sharing your knowledge. If our listeners want to be in your orbit as well, what is the best way for them to find you? Best way is probably at this point, I'm on LinkedIn, Dr. Adam Martin. Also the original on Instagram, all one word, the fit pharmacist. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm most active. But you can also email me at adam.martin at tonyrobbins.com. Perfect. Well, Adam, this has been such a pleasure. You've been so generous with your time. He's now, I think, running on 15 hours of a work day. So. Oh, this is how we play. This is nothing. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> He's still having fun, right? Uh, well, Adam, again, thank you for being here. And to our listeners, I hope you have some great notes and some great bookmarks and have some great takeaways from today's conversation. Adam, thank you again for your time. And we will link to you and the books and the podcasts that you referenced in the show notes. Those will just be a click away. But so looking forward to seeing the trajectory of your career with Tony Robbins. And as an entrepreneur, as a not entrepreneur, however you want to define yourself, thank you for being here and looking forward to keeping in touch with you in the future. My pleasure. Thank you so much for the time, for your kindness. And again, just a reminder, you were all blessed to be a blessing. So go forth, be great and dispense your full potential. 